Hey listeners, welcome to episode 11 of the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Uh, this is Tiny here. Um, just a quick note before we get started. Uh, as always, you can reach us. Uh, send us an email at ovpodcast at gmail.com. You can find all three of us on Twitter, uh, at Obsessive Viewer, at Obsessive Tiny, and at I am Mike White. And you can always go over to the website, obsessiveviewer.com. We've got tons of content on there. We love getting all the comments and discussions on the on all the different articles and everything. So chances are, if you're a movie or TV buff, there's something on there for you. So check it out. In today's episode, we talked about the film Elysium. All three of us went and saw it. And uh, interestingly enough, we all had different opinions on it. Uh, one of us kind of liked it, one of us really liked it, and the other didn't like it so much. So that's kind of different. We haven't really had that happen yet. So I hope you guys like that. After that, Matt had a pretty cool idea. We went over to Yahoo Answers, and he picked out, uh, I think, five or six questions or so, and we just answered the questions, basically. And, uh, of course, they all had to do with film and television. Um, and we just kind of, you know, got into discussions about the topics that were in the questions. Um, it was fun. We'll probably do it again. I hope you guys like it. Um, you know, you can always let us know if you did or if you didn't. Uh, that's about it for today. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Enjoy. We're talking about Elysium. When did when did everybody see Elysium? When did you guys see Elysium? I saw it like was it last week? I think. Yeah, it was, I don't even remember. I think it was. I think it was last Friday, uh, opening day. Was it okay? Friday? Yeah, it was opening day. Yeah. So you guys saw it opening day. I saw it. So you guys saw it what the ninth? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it on the fourteenth. Okay. So I saw it that Wednesday after, and I, and we usually. This is funny because we usually talk immediately about these kinds of things, but now now that we do the podcast, we have this weird habit of uh, <laughs> keeping <laughs> like we won't, in the dark. Yeah, we won't yeah. say a word to each other about how we felt about a movie. Oh, save it for the podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like so. I've in the past, I've tried to like kind of keep you kind of completely in the dark, like uh, like with with. Uh, so with Man of Steel, I was like, okay, I'm not going to say a word about it. I'm not going to give you my reaction. We're going to record it, and uh-huh. it'll be that. But I don't know if you saw my tweets or anything. But I had, I had a, I had a, I had a strong opinion of this movie. Your um, tweets about Elysium? Yeah. So I don't know if you saw them or not. So I'm not sure if you know how I feel about it. Oh, I don't know that. I, you know, I haven't been on Twitter in a couple of days. It's been a really busy back to school <laughs> week. Oh, uh, that makes sense. It sucks. Okay. Right, uh, so, how about this? Well, Tiny, why don't you start us off with what you thought of Elysium? Okay. I guess. Uh, I, I actually, I really liked it a lot. Um, the the effects were as good as they get. They were really good. Um, the I, I'll start out with asking a question because this is this almost took me out of the film. Um, Mm-hmm. Did did you guys remember there being a an an explanation for kind of counteracting the uh exposure to radiation so that he wouldn't like so that he would be able to function I guess I um, I think he was still hurting from it it's just that the exoskeleton made him able to walk I okay I think that's the did didn't uh, Spider give him some pills or something? No, the doctor. Yeah. Or the gave doctors him some pills. gave him the pills. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, well, it that that is the 
the the gravest offense in the movie, in my opinion. Okay, mm-hmm. it it took me out of the movie a little bit because uh, my like my mom is a nurse, and I remember when I was a kid, we watched a movie called The China Syndrome, um, which isn't it's an okay movie. It was kind of famous in the seventies, but it's mm-hmm. about a nuclear meltdown. And I asked my mom, like, what happens when you're exposed to radiation? And she told me about it, and it kind of freaked me out. Um, <laughs> and so it's always in my mind, like, whenever there's exposure to radiation in any movie or anything, it always, I always think about it, and I, I feel like I know a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, it, it, it really irked me that he was exposed to a lethal dose of radiation and Elysium. And it was supposed to kill him in five days, but he's just, you know, fine just running around and fighting people and shooting guns and flying spaceships and stuff like that. Well, let me say I agree with you on the fact that they missed that, but but for me, that is one of many problems. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that was the biggest one because it's – what happens with uh, – what, what radiation does is it, it literally alters your cellular – makeup of of your body it's it's it right. works on a molecular like it gives level. you spider powers right <laughs> exactly <laughs> yes but uh it, it it would literally make it so it, it takes your lung and it it's no longer a lung or it takes your one of the ways that people die from radiation most commonly is they die of sepsis which is basically poisoning mm-hmm. because your kidneys shut down and mm. your body slowly poisons itself that's one of the ways that people usually die from radiation and it takes like two three days um and it, you know usually it depends on how 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 high the level of radiation is that you're exposed to how long you're exposed to it for mm-hmm. um there's all these varying factors but it seems like if it's enough to kill him in five days he should have been absolutely incapacitated totally and i feel like i feel like the skele- the exoskeleton thing just would not have been able to help him to that unless it unless it had some way of extracting radiation from your body well i'll say i think the pills are their way of of taking care of that it's in the future where they can sit in a bed and heal themselves of everything and essentially live (laughs) hundreds of years so like like i i can buy that the pills are are good enough i guess that's a good point mike and I mean, granted, I mean, that's a different, yeah, Elysium has the, has the pods and everything and, right. but I don't know, I guess it's just a, a stretch of the, uh, um, uh, uh, your suspension of disbelief is kind of tested in this movie a bit. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. So Tiny, you, we'll, we'll get to details in a minute. You mm-hmm. liked it. Matt, what'd you think? Um, I loved it. It's, it was in a, it was in, a, this is the tail end of a summer with, kind of forgettable movies i would say mm-hmm. um man of steel pacific oh. rim mm-hmm. yeah those those movies that we've we've reviewed on the podcast before i th- i felt like this was just a a a breath of fresh air i guess and mm-hmm. that's not was, to say there haven't been great ones oh yeah there there have been some good movies there there's been some very good movies this uh this um, podcast kind of started post star trek into darkness it kind of mm-hmm. did yeah, yeah which oh, yeah, was great did. which i loved loved oh, yeah. loved loved, loved. So. Me too. You can read too. our uh, our triple review of it on obsessiveviewer.com. But um, go ahead though. I'm I'm sorry. Oh no, it's cool. Um, 
but I, I don't know. I just I just really liked it. I think part of that may have been that I was just very amped about seeing another Neil Blomkamp movie because mm-hmm. um, I, I loved District 9. I thought that that was a great movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I just thought it was it was it was a really good movie. I thought like like Tiny said, the visuals were very good. The action was great. Um, I just kind of I kind of I was I was absorbed in the in, in the world, I would say. OK. Um, yeah. Uh, so, Mike, what did you think? Um, I'm also a big District 9 fan in Neil Blomkamp. Right. Um, it's a classic already. Oh, yeah. District 9 yeah. is. And uh, and I, there were so many problems I had with this movie, I couldn't help but in the end, <laughs> overwhelmingly feeling disappointed. Oh, that's too bad. I, it was wow. too bad. I was really bummed. Now, there's a lot to like. Uh, the... The guns were cool, which is which is kind of a, a holdover feature from District Nine. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I thought the cinematography was really cool. I really liked some of the some of the camera choices. It it got shaky at times, and the a guys bit, I was yeah. seeing it with said, "Oh, I, I might throw up." And, <laughs> and I was like, "Well, it's not that bad." I I did like there was a scene, uh, the scene toward the end, where Matt Damon's character and Charlotte Copley's character are, are having their duking it out you know mm-hmm. and uh and matt damon throws like a left a right jab and then a left hook and as he throws the hook the, the camera, camera swings around his shoulders yes. that was really cool that was a very totally. cool effect and i, and I, I, I like that i've never felt the weight of a punch so much than mm-hmm. than in that in that camera angle um yes and i liked a lot of it but i had a lot of problems do you, do you want me to list them um, yeah, go ahead and go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, <laughs> probably the greatest offense for me was Jodie Foster's accent. Yes. Yeah. Was she, uh, I've, I've read several, I've read that she was doing South African. I've read that she was making up some new 2154 bourgeois 1% accent. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but it felt like, you, you know how she kind of has that Southern drawl? Where it's kind of like Mr. Lecter, you know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about? Yeah. It, it almost seemed like she was just trying to cover that up and and didn't. Yeah. yeah. It, well, and, and the biggest part about it was it was completely unnecessary. Absolutely. It served it served no purpose. It right really there. didn't. She didn't right. have like they didn't they didn't make a note that she had, she was any particular nationality or anything like that. It was just mm-hmm. it was a very strange choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. I'll I'll keep going. Okay. Um, I was also really excited about the idea of the exoskeleton, and it and it wasn't as much a feature or a focal point of the movie as I thought it was going to be. It really wasn't. It w- it wasn't. I will say it was not as prominent as the uh, the gun, the weaponry, and and general gun and uh, transformation of a uh, uh, Vicus in a District Nine. Yes, exactly. Um, um, and then the other there's there's several there's more. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought the guy who played Spider was too over the top. He was really yeah. not good. Like, uh, yeah. and and it it was like borderline. I'm trying not to be xenophobic, and because I couldn't understand his accent at times, but mm-hmm. other times I think he was just acting too hard. Yes, I agree completely. Particularly in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was a little over the top. I would say I didn't really I, I didn't really have a problem with him. But I mean, maybe once, maybe now that you brought it up, I'll have a problem when I see it again. Yeah. Which I I honestly I, I could see myself seeing it seeing again at a matinee. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then finally, my my biggest. Okay, there's two big problems left. <laughs> two two of the biggest problems aside from Jodie Foster's accent. <laughs> One that really irked me was the hippo and the meerkat story. 
It was way yes. too contrived. Way too yeah. easy. Way too I, easy. I like the, that was one of my biggest problems with it was that the scene the scene where she tells it it was just like that it's like okay they could have figured out a yeah. different way to I couldn't watch but, yeah. I was like she's telling yeah, him this was, story really <laughs> <laughs> I was just like okay it's I, I get it. Uh, it like at the end I was like okay it came into play later mm-hmm. or whatever and it was like all emotional but like they could have he could have had like an extra scene or two to build the foundation of the relationship with the kid right and then do the do the story and then have it do that. Totally. It just it felt so inorganic the way it, it was filmed. It seemed like she was asking him in telling the story, asking him to pity her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh you know, the hippo would let the meerkat sit on his shoulders. Right. <laughs> well, granted, she had leukemia and she, she did. Was dying, she so. did. She's probably grasping at straws, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> uh I don't know. Plus, plus about that scene, uh, if I if I remember correctly, time was of the essence. Yeah. So it's like I'm in this huge rush. I'll stop to listen to this six year old telling me yeah. a story that totally. doesn't matter at all. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, and then the the end, which I can't decide if I like it or I don't. But how how many pods did they have or do they have, and how will this resolution not create issues? Um, you know, that's a good question. That's a, actually a really good question because it seemed like every, every resident of Elysium kind of had their own pod, but, um, it's essentially go- communism, which doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And now with, uh, spoiler alert, everybody. Okay. When, uh, when, I mean, all of earth is going to Elysium now and it's like, oh, they, the ships had the pods in them, didn't they? Yes. They okay. came down to earth. Okay. Right. Well, still, I mean. I don't know if, if if they have all of those pods and they have an infinite amount of resources to to cater to the uh, Earth population. What's mm-hmm. the point of them having having Elysium in the first place? If they had the the um, enough pods, if they have a, that, they could have done that. Yeah, if they have enough immediate resources, I mean, because we saw the ship and it had just a bunch of right. pods in it, and that's supposed to right. signify that there's infinite sources of it or whatever. Right. Um, so what's what's the point know. of that rather than just be a jerk and be like, oh, yeah, Earth Earth smells. I'm not going to go yes. down to Earth. Well, that is the point. Yeah. That yeah. I get. That is that is that is what uh, Blomkamp is saying is that the is that the one percent doesn't care about the other ninety nine percent. OK, yeah, I can get on board with that. That I get. However, um, it's weird to root for the heroes at the end. Blomkamp as well. Uh, when he says, let's just give everything to everyone, because that doesn't always work. Right. Yeah. You know? Um, it's just a weird, you you, ha- you have to think, you know, how many people they're going to fight t- for who gets to get into the med pods. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are going to start living forever, so the world's going to be overpopulated. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like as much a, of a solution as the happy ending and the smiles would suggest. Right. Tiny, what do you think? Um, I was going to say, this is kind of a continuation of Matt's point, but um, I, I didn't get the motivation for the people on Elysium withholding the medical pods from the people on Earth. like because and, and the reason is because they still depend on the people of Earth to build their robots, and I assume they get mm-hmm. some resources from Earth. So if you depend on those people, how can you just 
like it doesn't it doesn't make sense that they would withhold such a simple technology that literally means everything because it can save lives like why right what's the point of withholding that like just just send like five or six pods down there and i mean yeah you know it's not obviously people are still going to die but at least the pods will be there and they could have like they could have like a lottery system or like a waiting a waiting list to use to use the pods It it just did not make sense that they would be that withholding. Um, yeah, it, it didn't feel it, like it didn't feel like the classism, if you will, that exists in the film would be so egregious that they would just let these people die that they depend on. That's that bothered me. That's a good point. I agree, and it bothers me too. I think it's a little extreme. Yeah, but I but I definitely don't think it was an accident on Blomkamp's part. I think growing up in South Africa, he just feels that way about the one percent. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's. Do you know what I mean? True. Like he he actually thinks that that it's that awful right right and if you look at the distribution of wealth just in the united states it's it's sickening i mean it's crazy Uh it's crazy but you know you get you get like the billionaires club who are donating uh significant chunks of their fortune so you would think people like stephen hawking would be on elysium and sending med bays to earth right right Right, so i'm saying i agree with you yeah you know uh, but but he it's it's I don't think it's an accident on Blomkamp's part. Hmm. Right. That's a good point. I've, I kind of just completely overlooked the fact that, I mean, he grew up in South Africa that I mean, right. He kind of was in that because and the, it brings me to my kind of next uh, my next point, if you guys don't mind. Um, sure. I think I, I think it may have been I don't know if it was on the podcast or just in general conversation. But a while ago, Tiny, you uh, you mentioned that. You don't feel like Blomkamp has like a particular tone or or, uh, or a style, I guess. I said I said yet. I don't think yet, he's quite yet. there yet. I feel like yeah. he's. I feel like he's a young. Um, uh, uh, wow, a young Ridley Scott. That's, yeah. that's kind of what I feel like. Yeah, and I was okay. I was gonna say that like his. It, that it's it's interesting to see his growth as a filmmaker th- for these past two films because they're they're very similar in style and, and tone and kind of their their general um, message and, and and story I guess um, mm-hmm. they're both kind of like there's there's a dichotomy in Elysium that there, there shows it shows this uh, utopian world and and this dystopian horrible existence. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. and it's just that juxtaposition is just really well, well distributed or well, uh, well established in the movie. I felt like there was a really good pacing to it of, of showing each side of it and everything. And then, um, there was, it was and with, with district nine, it was just a very grimy and dirty kind of, kind of world that was infused with a lot of alien technology and a lot of, uh, a lot of sci-fi stuff. Um, I, I just think he's got a really cool style that it's going to be interesting to see where he goes next. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think it'll be a step back because Elysium didn't make any money. It didn't. Uh, I didn't even catch. It made the... very little. It 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 will uh, it will probably, but not definitely, matched District Nine, huh. which was on a shoestring budget. That's true. Yeah. Mm. Oh man, that's too bad. Yeah. That, I it mean, really it, it plummeted. It plummeted something like sixty-five percent this weekend. Wow, jeez, yeah. that's not good. Yep, no, it's not. You know, <sighs> uh, let me let me say mm-hmm. that at the beginning when I when I talked about 
you know, my first impression was that I, I didn't like the movie. I was disappointed. Right. I, w- I do would like to see more from Neil Blomkamp. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he, and uh, I was entertained enough to say that he he has a bright future. You know, and it's interesting. And Charlton Copley even more. Oh my! Oh, we'll get into him. His okay. t- talking about him in a moment, but okay. he uh, the Neil Blomkamp. And it might be, I don't, like it sucks that it didn't make money because I thought I, I think that, like I said, this summer's been kind of kind of dry, and it, that mm-hmm. was that was a, the be- one of the best better movies I've seen this summer, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would just. I think maybe it would, maybe it'd do him some good to kind of scale back, um, because he could kind of, like I said, District Nine and Elysium were both kind of similar, uh, both in storytelling and style. That maybe mm-hmm. maybe it'd be interesting for him to try something different. But he did actually sell a movie. It's called Chappie. Have you guys heard about this? I have. No. Oh, it's uh, he he wrote the script with uh, Terry. Th- Tatchell, I don't know who that is, but I'm reading it off of Deadline.com. But um, it's about a uh, a robot imbued with artificial intelligence who's stolen by two local gangsters who want to use him uh, for their own nefarious purposes. Um, mm. And uh, oh, <laughs> uh, I can't pronounce his name. Another thing where I'm going to have a horrible pronunciation episode. But Charlto <laughs> Cop- Copley, Copley, uh, he voices the robot. Okay. Okay. So, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, so it should be it should be interesting. Um, it sounds like another kind of sounds sounds kind of like another story of uh, people having something they have and they have sh- nots. Yeah, like or oh, so- I see what you're saying. Yeah, like people uh, having something. Yeah, yeah, and needing to needing to get it back from one place to another or something right. like that. Hmm. Um, but yeah, huh. it'll be interesting. interesting. Um, I I will. I know Matt mentioned the the juxtaposition of the, you know, the, the dystopia and the utopia was really good. And I agree, but I think the, the, uh, I liked that the emphasis was on the dystopic factor of it. Um, I thought it was probably one of the best, um, depictions of a, of a dystopic future that I've seen. Probably, probably the best since like children of men. Um, I would say, uh, just because, and, and I, I liked the the realism of the issues that that were that caused it to be a dystopia, like overpopulation mm-hmm. and um, lack of resources and stuff like that. Because that's that's pretty realistic. You know, by twenty one fifty four, we we will be hugely overpopulated unless something drastic mm-hmm. happens. Right. Um, and just like like especially the scene um, the scene in the <coughs> hospital where. Uh, after he gets his arm broken, I think mm-hmm. uh, where Matt yeah. Damon Matt Damon gets his arm broken, and he goes there. It's it was disturbing to see how you know, how overcrowded it was and how little they could do for people. And totally. there was no 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 charm to it. There was no gloss to it. It was just so people were screaming. It was almost like watching a triage. It was like looking at a triage of a battlefield. Yeah. You know, that's it was really point. disturbing. Two things. Um, so I I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Two things. One of my favorite. <laughs> Depictions of the future is an idiocracy because <laughs> I think that's incredibly likely. Yeah, uh, and the other thing, which is which is actual, uh, has to do with the movie. Um, when I when I was first watching the movie and he's like walking around, and they play like the the dubstep slash industrial music. <laughs> I, it's always <laughs> tough. I mean, of course, it's impossible to predict what music they'll be listening to in 140 yeah. years or whatever. Right. But it's always like a variation of what's popular now. So my mm-hmm. first instinct was, man, this isn't this isn't that futuristic. But then I <laughs> then I thought about it, and I really loved 
the idea that um, the people of Earth have been largely left alone by investors and the people with money because they all went to Elysium. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, so the the fact that I thought it hadn't advanced enough in 140 years was actually because sometime in our near future, the the people of Elysium left. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that's a good point, and it kind of it stunts the growth of exactly. culture. Exactly. Um, yeah. Nice. So, huh. That was interesting. interesting. What? Uh, yeah, I thought that was cool. What did you guys think of uh, Matt Damon's character, Max? Did you guys like him? Did you guys? Did you guys uh, think he developed well? I th- I think he did. I think he did well enough. Matt Damon did a, g- a good job portraying him, mm-hmm. but I think the standout was uh, 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 the guy from District Nine. I'm, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. I think it's just Charlto. Charlto. Like okay. Kind of, yeah, you like mixed Charlto Copley. 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 Yeah. Copley. Charlto Charlto Copley. He was kind. Of, he was Matt Damon was kind of overshadowed by him. I think. But yeah. Tiny, what did you think of Matt Damon? Uh, I I liked him. I thought he was. He was better developed than a lot of action heroes are. Um, That's true. And I liked his his uh, his attitudes. Kind of, you know, they were appropriate because at first he was very. It, it's like you know the first few scenes before he gets sick or whatever. He was, you know, a, like clearly a, a person who's trying to change himself. You know, he's trying to get better. Yeah. And so he was. He was sarcastic when it was appropriate, and mm-hmm. times where he could have gotten really angry, he just kind of threw a joke in there to sort of make, especially yeah. like the part with his parole officer and stuff. Right. Uh, officer, in quotes. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I, I like that part. And then, you know, once he gets sick, he's just all business from there. And that that makes sense. I, I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, uh, I just f- was left wanting. I felt like there could have been more mm-hmm. with him. I, I guess it is because I agree that uh, he was overshadowed by Kruger. Yeah, and I mean, it was funny because I, I knew that he was playing Kruger in this movie, and I and I I loved him in District Nine, mm-hmm. and it's so it's so nice to see him play such a different role because I don't think I've seen him in really anything else. Yeah, but. It was so nice to see him do that complete one eighty from his character in District Nine, and he did it to the point where I I. I almost forgot that uh, he was in District Nine. Like in, at the beginning, I was like, "Oh yeah, he is playing that. That's right." Yeah, um, and that's always a nice thing to yeah to see. I was uh, because I knew going in that he was in it. I was like the only one amongst my friends. Maybe I know a couple people who who didn't even know. Like halfway through, they're like, "Is that the District Nine guy?" I was like, yeah, <laughs> it was. He. Uh, nice. I went into the movie completely blind, so I. <laughs> I mm-hmm. avoided avoided spoilers, avoided as many trailers as I could. Um, I was under the impression that he was a good guy. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was it was kind of it was kind of cool to see how huh. how evil he would become. Interesting. I uh, I had a slight, just a slight problem with the fact that he was so he was so obnoxious <laughs> and quippy. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun, but it was just, mm-hmm. I think I would have preferred a more serious tone from the character as opposed to yeah. being so, so one liner ish. Um, mm-hmm. but he, he, he was, he was still really great. And I loved his, uh, I lo- this is going to sound maybe a little weird, but I loved his motivation because so many times you get a character like that who's essentially just an extension of the true villain, which the true villain is mm-hmm. Jodie Foster. Um, right. right. 
you get a character that's like that and they're just like a mercenary or something and like yeah. oh they're just doing it for money or whatever and it's just like it's like okay that's that technically makes sense but it just doesn't seem like enough for them to die for you know what i mean right, right. but, but in he, the end yeah you you find out that he's actually he wants control of elysium right. he has the potential right. yeah. to take control of elysium yeah. that's a huge I motivating that. factor i loved it i thought it was yep. that was one of the better aspects of the film in my opinion he kind of yeah. becomes the main villain Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. He becomes yeah. the more important of the two. And he and he was all along and we didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Right. And I loved the uh I loved his scenes with um uh uh with Al Spraga. Mm-hmm. Um I thought that it was just really disturbing the way that he he spoke to her and was really like kinda close with her and all that. It was just it was just really disturbing. Mm-hmm. See again I thought that I thought those lines that interaction would have been a lot better if he was a more serious character as opposed to it was still it still had an effect that I just think it would have been so much better if he would have been a little more serious and not so Charlotte Copley ish. <laughs> I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was he was Charlotte Copley ish. He's all, he's kinda like that as Vickus. Yeah. He he is. Like he, even he's, a, he's even goofy. in great distress, he was kinda goofy. Yeah. Right. He was likable and it was I don't know the way the way I see. Uh, I agree that he was a little too quippy and 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 uh, uh, like not serious enough, but because mm-hmm. it did kind of almost jump into like kind of Spider-Man villain territory. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I was still along for the ride. I was I was I was hooked in and I was good to go. Um, yeah, I still really liked it. Um, cool. I just thought of some other plot holes. <laughs> and they have mostly to do with Spider. The first one is when um, Max, Matt Damon's character, figures out, or I guess Spider figures out what is on the the, the information or what the information is that is in his brain. And then mm-hmm. he could essentially, they could use that information, uh, download it to to give everything to everyone, communism style. Right. And so uh, he... Matt Damon, you know, threatens whatever. He says, okay, I'm going up, and they try to stop him. And a couple of guys come out with guns to shoot Matt Damon, right? And Matt Damon fights a couple of them off, but Spider's like, stop, stop, don't shoot him, don't shoot him. Why? Hmm. I understand don't shoot him in the head, right, which is what we're to believe. Don't shoot him, don't shoot him, in parentheses, in the head, because that'll kill him, and, of course, the thing doesn't work. But if you shoot him in both legs, he can't move, and you can steal the information in his head. That was a contrivance. Well, I would I would say that given how given how kind of dirty and grimy that that world is, I mean any like any flesh wound or whatever would get. I mean maybe maybe the chance it's a stretch, but maybe it's the chance for infection would be it, too high or whatever. So he would die of infection in well, sooner than five days. No, but I mean he would be incapacitated. Or oh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um. I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't remember that scene too specifically. I'm not. I, I get what you're saying. I just. I can't really argue against it. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe maybe it's just that they knew he knew that he he had him. There was no need to injure him because I mean he was just there. He was surrounded. Right, but he was leaving. Matt Damon was leaving the room, oh, and it, so they I were trying really to stop him really? to stop him from going up to Elysium. Okay. Right, and so. Uh, Huh. You know, if he went up, if he went up to Elysium, then they wouldn't, because he wanted to save himself. You know, so he would, right. they would, he wouldn't be able to use it. Uh, and so they should have just shot him in the leg. 
I Fair enough. Easy enough to just shoot him in the leg. Uh, and the other yeah. thing is, um, is nobody but the uh, the Minister of Defense, Secretary of Defense, um, Jodie Foster. Is she the only one? Well, I guess if she's a Secretary of Defense, she is the only one watching people come in because um, <laughs> Matt Damon gets in, but he is on the ship with Kruger. That's that's fine. He she wants right. him in. But then Spider just waltzes in, no problem, unimpeded, at all. I think that was because um, they were the the security was a little distracted. Distracted. Okay. I yeah. think That's how they. That's how they got around that. Okay. Right. That's fine. I guess that's an excuse. I guess it's a pretty yeah. poor defense system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Just follow follow a ship that's supposed to be there, and you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and plus, it seemed weird that like. You could just fly a ship right into the middle of Elysium, just like yeah. I don't. It just seemed there was no ceiling. Like it was like there was no. It was yeah. just like the regular <laughs> sky. You just kind of slide in. It was weird, right? Uh, hmm. It was. It, lo- it looked really cool. I'll give him that. Yeah, it, it did. Awesome. It did. I agree. I with want that. to say that I like. I mentioned this to Tiny, and I know Mike. I know you haven't watched two thousand one, mm-hmm. but I just like the second that I saw Elysium, I was like. I love it. I, I like. I loved the visual style of it. It very much reminded me of the. Um, I think it was the space station in 2001, A Space Odyssey, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. Not just sci-fi, just all around. Um, and I just I just loved the, the look of it and how it kind of pays homage to one of my favorite movies and how it's how it was just really clean and, and like, the, the, the special effects were really... There was a lot of money spent on the visual effects for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. totally. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Let's I, talk uh, about the guns. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I love those guns, man. The the uh the one that obliterates the robot in <laughs> in one of the first battle scenes was so cool. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um That was one thing that I kinda in that scene, that kind of heist scene or whatever mm-hmm. with uh William Fickner. Which was good. It was cool. That it was, was a highlight cool. for me. I liked it a lot. Yeah. But there was a scene where I think he Matt Damon like shoots a gun and then he just throws it away and I don't. That's something that bugs me. I don't remember the specifics of it. He may have just not had any use for it anymore. But it's like, I'd be like a gun hoarder in those kind of action movie scenarios. Because, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, I also I thought, like when Kruger. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, uh, I was just gonna say. I think the uh, what what was more impressive about it was the, it was actually the ammunition that was so cool. Because uh, actually, yes, right. I, yeah, the uh, I I kind of know a lot about guns and like that. Right. The scene you're talking about is uh, he's just shooting a regular AK-47 essentially with okay. a couple a couple of cool accessories on it. But it's the ammunition that was so cool. That's what gotcha. I. Which makes so I know much nothing sense. about guns. So okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which it just that makes so much sense to me. That's what I loved about the the depiction of technology in the film is that a lot of it is old technology from our era that just has these little like band aids of. Yeah, these little band aids yeah. of of technology, you know, technological advancement. Um, right. It's 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 such a realistic thing for a dystopic future. Mm-hmm. That's true, yeah. and I want to go on record and say I don't. I know a little bit about guns here and there, but I can never own a gun because I jump and blink at loud noises. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> and I blink. I like whenever I hear something, I just blink really hard, and it's not. It's not really. Uh, good for a gun owner i don't think no. <laughs> i liked the gun or the ammunition i guess that kruger had that uh that stuck to the victims like like the yeah. that, was cool. that stuck and then obliterated them 
Yes. Oh, yeah. And like limbs were flying. That was that was really cool. So cool. Uh, were cool. you guys okay? I loved the scene where Kruger's face blows off. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I loved the violence in the movie. Were you guys oh, okay yeah. that it was so easy for him to uh, that he still had brain function? Were you guys okay with that? That he could that he could regenerate? I think so. Uh, I, it, yeah, I didn't have any problems with it. I thought it was really fantastical, but I thought it was. Yeah, it made sense because his brain seemed pretty intact. But you know, like if his head was completely gone, you know, that's ridiculous. Oh but yeah, yeah. I oh, think yeah. it was just yeah. His face looked really caved in and everything, but that was his face. Like I think his, gotcha. his brain was pretty. This is getting kind of gross here, but I think yeah. his <laughs> his brain was primarily intact. So that's why I think it was okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was, yeah, I bought it. I agree. Okay. Uh, yeah, I definitely buy, bought into it too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It was pretty. It was pre- like you said, fantastical. And at first, yeah. I was like, "What?" And then I said, well, "His brain, <laughs> his brain functions are still there." So I was like, yeah. "All right, I'll go with it. I'll go with it." Right. Mm-hmm. So. so. Yeah, I had some. I had some issues with the movie, but I, I still enjoyed it. I. I it would have been hard to not enjoy. I think. Yeah. yeah. Me too. And I want to mention that just real quick as a tangent. I want to do – as soon as I finished watching I was like – I was really pumped up because I was like, I really like this movie. So I was like, I'm going to go home and I'm going to – I want to watch uh, District 9. Mm-hmm. But then I realized that my PS3 had messed up. So mm-hmm. my Blu-ray player was dead and I didn't have a digital copy of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just I was just annoyed. So I haven't gotten around to it. I have, I have planned to write a double feature – for Elysium and District Nine, I just haven't gotten a chance to do it. I bought a new PS3, so I'll be fine. <laughs> but so don't worry, guys. You'll see it soon, and maybe by the time this goes up. But okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'll yeah. Ju- I'll just throw in real quick at the end. Alice Braga is so gorgeous. Oh man, <laughs> I just looked at her IMDb page, and I couldn't remember anything that I saw her in. But she was in like City of God, which is I need to watch it again. Actually, it's it's one of my favorite movies. I think it's like a is it Brazilian? Brazilian, yeah, yeah. She's Brazilian, she's Brazilian, movie, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that that movie is just it's 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 one of my favorite movies. She uh she doesn't do anything for me. Really? really? Yeah, she's okay. Interesting. Huh. I think she reminds me of Michelle Rodriguez, who I despise. Oh yeah. Well, Michelle Rodriguez is so she's like butch practically cuz she's like she's so action she's so action heroy and she's not she's beyond tomboyish, but Alice yeah. Braga is still like really nice and and she has feminine quality to her, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, she I was in know. that Red Belt movie, you guys. Were she was in about. Red Belt. Yeah. yeah. And she oh. looked amazing in that. And she, I mean, she was nice. in uh, uh, the first thing I think I saw her in, other than City of God, was I Am Legend. Yeah, she uh, was yeah. in that too. Right. Yeah. Right. Huh. I don't know. I know you're a huge fan of that movie, Tiny. Yeah. Well, since Mike oh. doesn't like her, uh, I call dibs. <laughs> <laughs> She's all yours. What's that? Did you say he's a huge fan of I Am Legend? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh I love I Am Legend. I love Do you it. really? I love it so much. I think really? It is, I think it's almost the perfect um, post-apocalyptic film, in my opinion. Now, do you know what they did to the end of it? Like, do you know all of that stuff? Mm, no. Oh. Okay, know, so you're maybe. talking about the Will Smith I Am Legend movie. Yes, yeah, the Will Smith one. Yes. And and you're and you're not being ironic at all. You really like it. <laughs> no, seriously, I love it. Did you not like okay. it? That's fine. No. That sound, <laughs> I, I know that this wasn't your intention, but that sounded so condescending. Really I know did. it does. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and you're not being ironic about that. I know right? it does. I know. I know. I know. I know. A lot of people don't like that movie though. Yeah, oh, I I I love it. I really do. I think it's I think it is pretty much the perfect post-apocalyptic film. Really? Yeah. I uh 
Yeah, there's a lot I don't like about it. I don't like the dog. I don't like that the dog is there just for the emotional thing. Uh, but what they what they do at the end um, is that it, in both the Omega Man, which is the f- is the first film adaptation of the story I Am Legend, right. yeah, um, and the story I Am Legend, the mm-hmm. end is that he realizes that the zombies or whatever. Um, are aware and are just the next evolution of humanity, right? So um, it's not that he is the legend that saves our humanity. It's he is the nightmare legend that they speak of when they communicate together because he is this guy that is killing the next evolution of humanity. So okay. so like the revolution revelation at the end is that all these these they breathe, they have brain patterns, they know what they're doing. I'm I'm killing these people, and mm, you, so wow. you learn something else com- completely at at the end of the actual thing. But of course, they make the huh. happy. Um, right. I'm gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna cure everybody. Huh. Okay. That's yeah. okay. I, I have seen the. I saw the Charlton Heston one too, the Omega Man. Um, uh huh. But I it's, it was so long ago I didn't really remember it that much. But in I, I will say uh, this is going on a t- tangent here, but. Um, mm-hmm. The the dog had to be in the movie because otherwise there's no interaction whatsoever. Uh, he's Wilson. Exactly. He's Wilson. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he's Wilson. Yeah. The, the volleyball from yeah Castaway. Right. Um, You're right. I, I agree with that. So, uh, it, but I think in the Omega Man, he's by himself. Charlton Heston's by himself. But they bring in the the female character much earlier in the film. So he mm-hmm. has someone to interact with, and and plus in gotcha. the Omega Man, the the zombie things or whatever talked to each other. Yes, um, they actually had speech, so I, I, I right. think you had to have the dog there. Plus, it was it was a little, maybe a little, a cheap, cheap way to tug at heartstrings, but I still loved it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I okay. I didn't mean to be so condescending. I love some crappy <laughs> oh, no. movies, so I apologize. <laughs> it just it just sounded like it, it did. I it know. Yeah, I Ad- know your intention. Admittedly, it did. <laughs> I've never read, the but book. you never I know. I, I didn't realize that was the. The ending was th- that whole evolutionary aspect. I, yeah. I really like that. that that's very cool. Yeah, that would have been neat. The to see. The, the <laughs> actual version, right. right? Yeah. So so people, you know, fans cry foul mm-hmm. at the movie because of that. Because the just the human hero aspect of it. Well, that's fair. Okay. I, I get that. But, but I, I do like I do like the look of the future. I agree. I th- I think the post apocalyptic aspect of the movie is, is well done. Mm-hmm. I need to watch it again. I borrowed it from Tiny for the longest time, and then I finally watched it. And I really liked it. I just need to watch it again. Yeah, yeah. It um, didn't. I think I feel like I've seen it three times, and it hasn't. I keep trying to like hmm. it because I really do love Will Smith. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Oh yeah. But uh, um, hmm. uh, all right. Well, uh, do you guys have any parting thoughts on Elysium or uh, I Am Legend? I guess uh, <laughs> uh, before we move on. Well, Tiny, you all started. Right. You want to start your final thoughts? Um, just that I, I think it's definitely, everybody should see it definitely, I think, because I think some people might have a different connection to it. Um, I, I did like it. I thought it was a great way to spend two hours. Um, but it, it did had some, it it had some glaring issues that kind of got to me a little bit, but it didn't, it didn't completely take me out of the film. So, Mm -hmm. okay. I'm looking forward to Neil Blomkamp's future. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mike, how about you? Um, very few movies, uh, exist that that have no plot issues or little things that um you have to get over 
to enjoy. Right. Um, so I understand that it's going to happen. There's going to be things in all, in all of my favorite movies that, that are, you just have to ignore. This movie, I couldn't ignore them. And I really wanted mm-hmm. to because I really liked the idea. I really liked uh, the way the movie looked. I love Matt Damon. I loved the uh, the effects, the special effects in the movie. I thought it was well done. Um, and again, I like the idea of the story, but there were just the the negative things about it took me out of the movie so far that by the end of it, I didn't care about Matt Damon's character, um, and I just I just couldn't say that I enjoyed the movie. Okay, fair enough. I I loved it. I I really enjoyed it. Um, pending a second viewing, it might be the be- one of the uh, one of my favorite movies of the year. I would say. Okay. Um, but like I said, pending a second viewing. Um, okay. I mean, I, I like this is, sorry, and this is totally oh, arbitrary, but I was just going to go around the table. Uh, Matt, better, the same, or worse Ooh. than District 9? I would have to see it again before I make that judgment call, okay. but I would, That's fair. Uh, gut instinct, gut instinct, I would say slightly, slightly less good. Okay. Um, just because District 9 is, is great. I loved it. It is. Tiny? Um, yeah, I would have to say overall, just just an overall opinion of it, I'd have to say slightly less good, kind of what Matt said. Um, okay. But again, yeah, I need to see it again. It would just depend. But just, yeah, just overall, just slightly less good. Gotcha. And okay. for me, yeah. uh, District 9, overwhelmingly out of right. the top. I, I okay. love that movie. That is a near-perfect movie, as far as I'm concerned. It's it's amazing. <laughs> nice. I love it. But um, Matt, you were, on a, you were on a thought. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say that... Uh, I, I also think that everyone should see it because, I mean, it's a great movie and apparently it's, it didn't do that well at the box office. And I just think that good sci-fi is kind of hard to come by. And this year is mm-hmm. very, very much a great year for sci-fi, um, at least in, in terms of volume um, or quantity, that just support good sci-fi because it's it's a good genre that kind of gets a bad rep Agreed. sometimes. Right. Yeah. Right. When it's bad, it's bad. And when it's good, it's really good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What you know what though? For even for us sci-fi nerds, <laughs> when it's bad, mm. it's all right. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> still okay. Um, True. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, so I listen to Slightly Sauce, this podcast for a bunch of Canadians get together every week and they talk about just general stuff, just like topics of uh, 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 interest and all that it's 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 a really fun podcast you guys should check it out it's at slightly sauce.com but uh they've done a couple episodes where they just basically answer uh they basically take yahoo answers questions and they just kind of talk about them and, and answer them so i figured maybe we could try that uh this week on on here sounds um, good yeah so cool i have some kind of loaded up um the first one is, uh, why did they change it to Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone? <laughs> Rather than the Philosopher's Stone? <laughs> yeah, which yeah. I have, like, I, it was just to make it more accessible to, to American audiences, because I guess Philosopher has different connotations across yeah. the pond. Yeah. But I just get the feeling like there's a different, um, a different, re- like, it's because they feel like Americans are too stupid. <laughs> like, they'll be like, oh, philosophy, oh, philosophy. I don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um so yeah that's just my thoughts on it and isn't isn't the philosopher's stone isn't that like part of basically like alchemical legend sort of yeah uh like it's it was it was a literal stone from from the time of alchemy before right. before modern chemistry yeah uh, it was an actual and that's in modern 
or I'm sorry, uh, alchemy has no basis in the United States, but people from Europe would probably understand it. So sure, right? It it right. makes sense. Yeah. So there's your answer, uh, person from Yahoo Answers. <laughs> right. America's too young. That's the America, that's the answer. Yeah. Exactly. That's true. Yeah. There you yeah. Go. America's too young. There you go. <laughs> um, My dad would say, "Why does Harry Potter talk funny?" <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. If you want to be technical, he talks properly. Yeah, well, because, because of xenophobia, Dad. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thanks. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Um, the, the next question, I, this guy, this made me chuckle a little bit, because um, it seems like Yahoo Answers is populated by a lot of like teenagers and, and young people. Sure. Um, but this one is: if someone over twenty-one buys you tickets to see an R-rated movie, can you see it without them? Which, uh, I mean, oh. this is a question that I've asked before when I was a kid. The answer is no, because that's, that's just no. Um, hmm. Really? It's, it's, yeah. I thought it was you had to be eighteen, right? Not yeah. Oh yeah, you have to be eighteen, but uh, you need to be you need to be. Well, I mean, you, accompanied by. Now I know that be, yeah, you need to be rated by. X movies. That is the case. Rated X, you can't even you can't even see them. Not that there are rated be... X movies anymore. Right. But, but like you have NC to be 18 to see it. Yeah. That's, right. You're right. NC-17. You're right. Right. Um, you can't, right. No matter what, you can't see it. Yeah. But what they're, what they're asking is if, if they, like, say it's a, if, like a 14 right. or 13-year-old And then kid. somebody buys it and says, see you later. I'll pick you up after the show. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, you could probably buy advance tickets and then go and, and uh, do it that way. Uh-huh. That's that's probably what you can do. Maybe that's what they're referring to because they're not going to they're not going to card you at at the ticket take or at the ticket taking stand or whatever. Right. But I'm just saying, just it's not legally. I mean, you have to be uh, under anyone under 18 needs to be accompanied by an adult. Gotcha. That's my understanding, right. at least. What is your guys' take on it? <laughs> I, I I think you're right. Yeah, okay. I guess that sounds right. I just figured. Like if the, if a parent was there and said I'm buying this ticket for my child, but I'm not seeing it, then they'll let it happen. They'll let it go. Yeah, it all depends on you know. Honestly, it all depends on the person working, right? Because I mean, they can totally. be a stickler exactly. about it. Yeah. Like, I can say that if I if I owned a theater, I wouldn't really care because it's money that goes to my theater. But yeah, um, I think there are like standards that need to be. Like legal issues or whatever. Yep. Um, like in any any time that an adult says like I'm buying this for this. I mean, like these days you can just get like, um, uh, what are, what are those little kiosks called? Um, Fandango things and oh. stuff. No, uh, no, like the on the buy tickets online and gotcha. stuff. Um, so it's probably easier for them to do that. But yeah, I th- I think it's more about what you can get away with as opposed to what's the actual rule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, I've been uh, not to brag or whatever, but like, <laughs> I I just didn't really worry about that that much because I've been buying like rated R tickets since I was like fourteen or fifteen. And it's because <laughs> oh, I'm so I'm so freaking huge. I, I look, I've looked right. like I was eighteen since I was like thirteen. Yep. You know what? And I shaved. <laughs> I shaved when I was in fifth grade, so I was kind of the same deal. Jeez. <laughs> For me too. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. For me, I'm just boyish, boyishly handsome. So that's right. You they are. still card you. Yeah, they do totally. Yep, you're it's an Adonis. A, yeah, I am. I am an Adonis. Totally, ladies. <laughs> Lucky <laughs> guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one, I think, this is going to go. Uh, I don't know how this is going to play with with YouTube, but I feel feel like you guys are going to um, run with this. But Tobey Maguire versus Andrew Garfield. Oh. Who do you think made a better Peter Parker slash Spider Man? 
Ooh. You just opened a can of worms. I yeah. sure a did. Can open worms everywhere. <laughs> uh, Who made I, a better Peter Parker? I don't. I don't know. Uh, I think I see Andrew Garfield as Spider Man better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker was written better. Interesting. Okay, Tiny. How about you? I know that you have very strong opinions about <laughs> Toby. I. Uh, I yes, I've said before. I hate Tobey Maguire. <laughs> yeah. I hate him. Um, I don't hate so, him that much, but okay. <laughs> That's Obviously, I'm very biased, but I think it's uh, Tobey Maguire's performance as Spider-Man and Peter Parker was compounded by the fact that it's Sam Raimi as well, and I don't like Sam Raimi either. Okay. Um, <laughs> I won't go so far as to say I hate him because I don't hate him, but mm-hmm. I just I don't like his films. I don't like his. Style. I'm not a fan. Um, okay. So I, I'm clearly going with Andrew Garfield being better. Um, but I mean, it, it's two different characters when you when you really get down to it. It's Peter Parker and Spider Man. It's two different right. characters, and yep. I think I think Tobey Maguire was. I, I think I'll say Andrew Garfield is better at both roles, but Tobey Maguire was a better Peter Parker than he was a Spider Man. <laughs> Okay. Sure, I agree. Yeah, I saw him much. I saw him much more as a Peter Parker than Spider Man. Yep, totally. Okay. Um, You know, it it brings up an interesting point that, and I'm I'm gonna ask Mike a question about this here in a moment. But uh, back in wow, this was a couple years ago when I was in Vegas. Um, My friend Robert, like like we were walking around the mall in uh, Planet Hollywood. I think Planet Hollywood, but. and I, like I mentioned something about, I think there was news broke or something. I saw it on Twitter about about the Amazing Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and I mentioned to Robert, I was like, "Hey, uh, what do you think of Andrew Garfield as uh, Peter Parker?" And I was like, I was all pumped for it because I'm a huge fan of Social Network. Mm-hmm. I thought he was great in um, Never Let Me Go. He was great in that movie too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really excited. And he brought up an interesting point that he doesn't like the idea of he or at the time he didn't i don't think i've actually heard uh his take on amazing spider-man but he's like a big comic book nerd and he he doesn't like that andrew garfield is kind of like he seems more like a pretty boy kind of actor i guess yes. or he's he's got more like a model kind of like look he to him is. or whatever and that yeah. you know we could get in a whole discussion about how we feel about the movies and how the movies were handled and, right. uh, mm. i think that the the amazing Spider-Man was going for that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? True. They were going for that. He was attractive, but he was just kind of weird, like skater. I don't know that I didn't like. And I, and I think that's why right. I'm, I'm a bit averse to that version of Peter Parker. Um, okay. but hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer. Neither one of them. I think Donald Glover would have been really good. Donald Glover. Totally. That's my answer. Totally. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, Donald for Spider-Man. Donald for yep. Spider-Man. Uh, yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, next question. This also made me chuckle a little bit. I watched The Conjuring. Now I'm freaked out. <laughs> I watched... That's the question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they supplemented it with... Uh, I watched The Conjuring today, and it's like 1 a.m., and I'm freaked out. Also, I, it said it was based on a true story, so that doesn't help. Any tips to become unscared? So, guys, what do you do to become unscared after you see a scary movie? <laughs> Read Richard Dawkins. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. I love it. No, but that's... I mean, aside from religion, uh, the real answer, or I guess a better, nicer, a nicer answer, is mm-hmm. that... Uh, 
they are very, very, very dramatized versions of accounts of actual events. Yes. Okay? So not only are they movie versions of a true story, the story is a story that somebody told. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's I, – I hate I hate the uh, misnomer or whatever of saying like, oh, it's based on a true story because, A, it's not based on a true story. It's right. based on It's based a on perception. something somebody said. Yeah. It's, right. based on, it's based on a perception of events that probably they, – they clearly have an explanation. Totally. But it's just that perception is just tainted a little bit. Yeah. And it's just like – I mean I just hated like the preview for um, – uh, the 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 uh, possession, it was like based on a true story, and then it shows a, a hand coming out of a little girl's throat. It's like, yeah. oh wow, yeah, we're this screwed. actually happened. Yeah, there's something I used to do when I was younger, and mm-hmm. and uh, if it was like a haunted house, and I, like I would look at the story of how it happened, and that house was very specific to that house. So uh, Yahoo answer user. If your house hasn't been haunted before today, it probably isn't haunted. However, you probably will be stabbed to death tonight. Yes, yes, <laughs> probably by somebody real. So, yeah. but make sure you tell your friends about the obsessive viewer before it happens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> please, um, uh, yeah. But and then the, there was another question that we pretty much covered it already. But it, is paranormal activity a true story? No, it's it's not. <laughs> no, it's um, did it even. Uh, purport to be so it didn't and the only reason why people why, why people thought that it was was because of the the found footage found thing footage. which that's such a tired yeah misidentification or mis misunderstanding of right. it because it, i had the same issue with the fourth kind because yeah Ugh. they uh <laughs> they there there's no way that they're going to show someone getting murdered mm-hmm and even if it's off screen, like in Paranormal Activity, mm-hmm. or uh, dead body flying on a screen, no, it's not a true story. It didn't happen. And if it's dra- if they're asking if it's drama- dramatization, no, um, right. just no. Um, no, I, um, um, I liked th- when it happened the first time with Blair Witch. Oh yeah, that was. I cool, liked that had... it was like, did it happen? Mm-hmm. I, this is this is crazy. Yeah, it was it was viral. It was they had yeah. I remember MTV having a uh, like a behind the scenes thing that was a kind of a mockumentary about like right. oh yeah they were disappeared and I bought into it because I was a kid but right. man it's like yeah it at the time it was great but it no longer works as a as a tactic to scare someone it it no longer works and people should realize that yeah <laughs> well the thing is that it works for some people and that's why they keep doing it <laughs> right well yeah because some people are stupid right yeah. exactly. Guys, exactly. I have a question. Did is Apollo eighteen? Is that a true story? Oh, totally. <laughs> is that on? Okay, is cute. that on Yahoo? No, 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 no. That was just oh. me being being, a, being. Yeah, the rocks are aliens. <laughs> nice. Um, all the all the moon rocks down in Florida came to life and killed uh-huh. massive people. Right. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, it well, it's much. It's much less stupid than what I'm about to say. But at the time oh, of this recording, we, here in Speedway, they're running the uh, or earlier today they ran the MotoGP race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. But mm-hmm. it's a, it's uh, motorcycle races and stuff like that. But downtown Indianapolis was just filled with like motorcycles. Like bikers came and just parked all around downtown. Mm-hmm. So like I was walking around with my brother, and I just thought like what, it would be horrible if. Uh, this is the night that motorcycles decided to rise up and take out humanity. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Just so stupid, but that is we really can only hope. <laughs> yeah, um, but awesome. anyway, um, awesome. with with the fourth kind about um, 
about uh, um, it being a true story. Like I, for a second, I bought into it just at the beginning, just a little bit, but then I thought it was an interesting use of of that format because they in, they intercut between supposed found footage and supposed like actual footage with uh, whatever the lack for a better word the dramatization of it uh, that was the actual movie. Right. But there was the scene where there was like uh, a, one of her patients or something was going crazy, and they showed like a split screen of of the movie and the supposed found footage thing, and then they show him blow his head off. And I'm like, no, that just that takes me out of the movie. Like yeah. I was all on board with like like buying into it. Like uh, like I know it's not real, but just pretending that it's real. But that just totally. took me out of the movie because it's like it's not a snuff film. Totally. Wow, that didn't take me out of the movie at all. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, they they did huh. they did blur it out. They blurred out the violence. Uh, you could not see their actual faces. So. They did, yeah. But, but that's you're still you're. I'm not saying you're wrong. You're totally right, right. right. I'm just saying they they did that. But it didn't take me out of the movie. I. That is, it is a dumb movie. I I can't I can't defend yeah. it, but I just it's it scared me. Yeah, I'll we'll talk more. Way. We we we'll talk more about it in Shocktober with an episode. Uh, we'll kick off Shocktober with an episode about that kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Next question: Does this question kind of leads me into a different uh, conversation that we'll we'll get more in depth into this topic at a later date in the podcast? But does Star Wars: The Complete Saga on Blu-ray have the unaltered editions on it? Obviously, no, no it yeah. does not. Obviously, the answer is no. But my follow-up question for that is, Mike, do you think – Mike and Tiny, because you're both Star Wars fans. Sure. Um, do you think that now that Disney owns the property, um, will they ever release it? Jeez. Uh, I don't know. Disney is so dingy with their releases on stuff. Yeah, totally. they are. It's, but they, though, you know what? It sounds like a vault kind of deal. I was just thinking that. Yeah, you know? And I mean – I mean, can you imagine the craze that would go into that? I mean, having it released on Blu-ray for the first time and it only being a limited run. Well, the same thing that happened with the DVD. Thing. Really? And it was kind of crazy, but not that crazy. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm thankful that I have the DVDs that have both versions of the original trilogy. And I, I yeah, go ahead. I think I, I I've only I think I've only seen the first one, A New Hope, the the remastered one. I think that's the only one I've ever seen, and I've only seen it once because it was an absolute travesty. Um, <laughs> so I, I I just I don't even I refuse to watch them. So wow. you refuse to watch the reg- the originals? No, I refuse to watch the remastered ones. Remastered. Okay. Here's yeah. uh, I unfortunately don't have them because I I was one of the ones who bought the the 2004 DVD box set like the day it came out. You know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was another twenty dollars to buy the limited editions, which came with the the altered versions. So oh, I didn't want to spend another twenty dollars because I just bought them, right? Right, and I didn't realize how truly limited they are. They're like thirty something, thirty five dollars on on eBay now, and so Jeez. I I just haven't gone back wow. to buy them, which is unfortunate because all I have is the VHSs, right, of the unaltered. Mm. Yeah, I've seen your collection of Star Wars <laughs> videos. It's it's impressive. Yeah, um, <laughs> but but of course the glaring omission is that I don't have the unaltered original trilogy. Right, right. I I would be willing to bet that come 2015 when the when Episode Seven is coming out, I I'm sure that they'll release it. Mm-hmm. I I assume that they'll release it in the lead up to that. Um, yeah, because it'll be in the in the in the cultural mind or whatever and it'll yeah totally 
You're right. Mike, we'll do you, uh, adding on to that, Mike, do you do you not like the remastered versions, or do you does it not bother you? It doesn't bother me as much. Okay. It, um, I I said before that I I'm kind of like I'm kind of a late comer to to Star Wars. As big a Star Wars fan as I am, most people I know that are big Star Wars fans found it when they were like four, five. I was probably ten or eleven, you know, which was which was when the uh, 1997 remastered versions came out. So mm-hmm. while I I saw them all originally, when I started to get obsessed was was the 1997 re-releases. Okay, I do hate Hayden Christensen at the end of uh, Jedi. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's the worst. Disgusting. That's easily the most offensive. I'm not even a big Star Wars fan, and I hate I hate it still. Yep. Um, I, I just hate that more than anything. Yep. I just, I hate the fact that basically what they did is they said, okay, back in 1977, all these people did all this really great groundbreaking work. Right. But now that we have the technology, we're just going to absolutely get rid of all that work that they did, that yep. art that they made, and we're going to replace it with this exactly. that we can do now. Exactly. That's yeah. what I hate about it so much. Yep. Well, and I'm also a big fan of movies should... Uh, be indicative of their time. They should they should be kind of exactly. a relic from from when this happened. You know, if you if you put a new sheen on it and you make it a little brighter so you can see it because it's grainy, that's okay. You know, uh, but when you when you literally change things that people did and you affect things that people did, that's a problem. That's that's I I agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, can can you imagine being like? One of the puppeteers of the creatures that they made for like of Yoda the movies like or, well, no, I think Frank Oz doesn't have a problem with it, but I mean like I remember when I one of my first experiences with Star Wars is the VHSs obviously mm-hmm. and they they had like a special at the end of the movie or like mm-hmm. it was it may have been before it but it was George Lucas and some of the puppeteers talking about all the work they did and they showed like one of the ones that really impressed me was the. I don't know if the creature has a name. I'm sure it does. But it's the creature that, like, sings in the cantina. Max Rebo band. Yeah. yeah. Like the... Yeah. And, like, in, in the remastered ones, they're totally digitally done. But, like, right. I remember them showing that puppet and how there's, like, three guys underneath working. And I was like, man, that is so cool that they did that. It yeah. looks awesome. And then, you know, a lot of people now don't even know that there was a puppet originally. Because right. they just digitally remastered it and put in a digital version of it. That's right. It's it's just terrible. Like those people put in all that effort to make that. It's a piece of art. That's what it is, and they just glossed over it now with these totally. remastered ones. It's I, I think it's egregious. Mm-hmm. Yep. Agreed. Um, Rant over. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw I just saw another question on Yahoo Answers that I don't know how much play this will get in the conversation of this podcast, but it just irks me so much. Um, okay, I'll say the question and then I'll give my thoughts on it and then I'll. I'll mention something that Mike will, me and Mike will probably talk about a little bit, but do it. The question is, just saw 007 Thunderball. Two hours of my life. I will never get back. What did you think of it? Wow. Uh, uh, Okay. They they supplemented it with, what did you think of the film? I thought it was terrible. The set pieces linger on too much. Um, I found the soundtrack bizarre, not the normal bond music, the Thunderball theme. Mm-hmm. And repetitive. It was very boring and then rushed at the end. Now, my thoughts on Thunderball is that it is awesome. It starts out with Bond fighting um, a a man who has cross-dressed as the widow of him. Of uh, He's faked his death. Bond is at, like, his funeral. 
and he follows like his widow or something and it's him in drag and it's just and then the fight concludes with him being chased and then flying off with a jetpack it's the ultimate campy uh connery era bond movie and it was it was the most influential on um mike myers and and them when they made austin powers um and it has a scene with blofeld um <laughs> convening uh, across a bunch of uh specter agents at a long table and then he he hits a button and they get uh i think electrocuted and then swept under under the floor i mean it's just <laughs> it's amazing and then okay i can understand if you don't like the campy aspect of it but there, like, what struck me about the movie was that it had to have been the most difficult Bond movie to film because there's so much of it that takes place underwater. I mean, the big climax of the movie is people in scuba suits underwater having a huge battle, and it's with wow. like spear guns and everything. It's it's amazing, and I it's a shame. But tangent over. What do you guys think of Thunderball? And then I'll mention something else, and then we can move on. <laughs> well, I've never. I'm not a Bond watcher. Right. At all. Bond is, is, I don't know, I guess it's not something I ever got into, or maybe it's not for me. I've only seen one, and that's Golden Eye. Wow, Wow. you haven't watched any of the Daniel Craig ones? I haven't watched any of the Daniel Craig ones. Dude. None of them. Golden Eye. Just Golden Eye. For a Bond, for a non-Bond fan, I feel like the Daniel Craig movies are great for that. Oh Yeah, yeah, I hear that. I hear that all the time. I don't know. I don't know why they're just so, I don't know. Okay. Um, that's I, understandable. Uh, I think I've seen Thunderball before, but it's been so long I can't even really comment on it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that's cool. I was just I just wanted to go off on that tangent because man, that's such a great movie. Um, yeah. But the thing I wanted to mention, uh, Mike will will remember this back uh, freshman year when we when we were roommates in Evansville, we both took a film class mm-hmm. every single week. Whenever we finished watching a movie, because the film class would be like, I think it was like one day we'd watch it. Did we have it twice a week or just one night? No, it was just one, but it was three hours long. Okay, yeah. So we'd watch a movie and then discuss it, or he'd give us the lecture or whatever. I swear, like every single week, it was the guys behind us were like, that's two hours of my life. I'll never get back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it that. just bugged me so much because, okay, I can understand, like, if you don't like a movie when you go and see it on your own and everything, but you're in a film class, dude. Right. right. I mean, uh, but it's just, that's just one thing that bugs me. It's, it's, I think it's more the kind of condescension in the tone of it. It's the, it's kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to completely discredit this entire production. Everyone that was involved with it is just garbage, and that's they've wasted life from right. me. Right. They did yeah. it to me. Yeah. And it's it's just it's a very kind of borderline narcissistic kind of reaction right. to it. And I just like I it just it irks me in a in a profound way. Okay. Yeah. I get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, I think that's that about covers the Yahoo Answers section. I think that that, that went fun. pretty well. Yeah. Um, okay. Thank I'd you like to. to again, yeah. Oh yeah, thank you to slightly sauced for doing that and um, uh, for doing that on your podcast. And um, I mean, fun I fact: I'm slightly sauced right now. Are you really? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you're you're a teetotaler. I am a teetotaler. That's right. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, thanks to Slightly Sauce for the idea. Um, like I said, that's a really good podcast if you want to listen to that, guys. Um, SlightlySauce.com. Um, all right, should we talk about what we're, uh, like our last segment of the episode? Sounds good. Yep. All right. Sounds good. 
So as we tend to do at the end of every podcast, we're talking about the things we're looking forward to. Now, that can be uh, coming up in the very near future, something we're going to see, something we're excited to watch, or something that's coming up in uh, in a future we need to look at through a telescope. <laughs> so what kind of things are you guys looking forward to? Matt, what are you looking forward to? Uh, well, I was going to say uh, <laughs> uh, gravity. That's pretty much the only one on my radar right now that I can think of for the near future. It comes out in October. Mm-hmm. Um, Alfonso Cuaron. I, I can't remember if I, I can't remember if I mentioned that before or not. But it just the trailer is just insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it looks like it's going to be really cool. I might actually try to see it in IMAX if if it's available at the IMAX theater that I go to. Because in in the state of Indiana, there's only one like true IMAX uh, theater. And uh, it's in downtown Indianapolis at the State Museum. Gotcha. And they only have, like, two screens, and it, it's kind of – yeah. Um, so that's pretty much pretty much, pretty much, much the only one I, I can think of off the top of my head. And also The World's End, which I've mentioned before. It comes out this weekend. Yeah, nice. um, exciting. Awesome. It'll probably which be I'm, a couple of weeks before I see that. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to see it this weekend or not. I probably won't. But I'm kind of, I'm kind of bummed because they announced that they're going to do screenings of all three movies – like uh, a marathon oh, uh, wow. across the country. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I would totally go to that. Cool. Um, all three, all three movies of the, uh, Cornetto trilogy, mm-hmm. uh, hot fuzz and Shaun of the dead and, uh, the world's end. But I, swear, <laughs> Indiana is like the only state that it doesn't, it doesn't have a showing. Oh, that's random. Yeah. Yep. I was so, sense. yeah, I, I was, it, 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 you said it makes sense. <laughs> well, just Indiana's. Yeah. Yeah, Indiana is kind of. I can understand that, but I mean, I don't know. They, like, I mean, they had showings in Idaho and stuff. It's like, come on, <laughs> Indiana has to be a little higher up on the totem pole than Idaho. Maybe <laughs> we're in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Not to discredit Idaho or any of our, any of our uh, potato farming uh, listeners. Any of the Idahos. Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, <laughs> cut that out. I might, I might. <laughs> uh, anyway, Tiny, what are you looking anyway. forward to seeing in the near or distant future? Uh, mine will take place in the distant future. Uh, it is a film called Transcendence. It's uh, slated to come out in April of 2014. Uh, I just learned about it, and so I'm, it really caught my attention. Um, the biggest thing about it is it's directed by uh, Wally Pfister, who is Christopher Nolan's uh, longtime cinematographer. And he uh, he won an Oscar, I want to say, for Inception. Yeah, it was definitely Inception. Yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to what he can do. Uh, the movie sounds cool. It's about uh, two leading computer scientists in the future uh, work toward a goal of uh, something called the technological singularity, which is sim- it's, it's basically where humans infuse themselves with robots and essentially achieve, achieve immortality. Um, and then basically, uh, it says a radical anti-technology organization fights to present them, to prevent them from creating, uh, that world. So it sounds pretty cool. Um, that's awesome. It's, Who's got, in a, that? Uh, it's got a great cast, Johnny Depp, Kate Mara, Morgan Freeman, Killian nice. Murphy, Rebecca Hall, Paul Bettany, Cole Hauser, Clifton Collins Jr. <laughs> it's pretty, you know, what's weird yeah. is, uh, <clears throat> is the odd man out sounds like, th- like which one of these does not belong is Johnny Depp. Sort of, yeah. He kind of does. What yeah, Johnny Depp he's... are we going to get? I read an article a little while ago about how how his last couple of movies haven't done anything, and it's and he 
he's lost himself so deeply and so well in so many roles for so long. I just said the word so like nine times. For so <laughs> long that uh, that we don't know if he can play a straight man anymore. Right. Yeah, that's true. It's yeah. yeah. I I don't necessarily look forward to him anymore. But no, right. Uh, neither do I. Totally. Yeah. Um, uh, did either one of you see the Lone Ranger? No. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I feel like that's nobody not, did. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's that's not an uncommon uh, answer to that question. Yeah, um, no. and I've heard I've heard just horrible things about it. That's a bummer. Um, bummer. Yeah. yeah. Well, I uh, I am looking to forward to mine is in the distant future. In fact, there is not even a date set. Uh, but I I'm a big oh. horror fan, and um, I'm getting excited way too early for October and Shocktober, and <laughs> when we watch our horror yes. movies. Um, and I'm going to tell the story about how, how I came to be a horror fan because of Jason Voorhees. And so mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking forward to the the Friday the 13th sequel, I think, to the 2009 Platinum Dunes remake. And I'll tell you why I'm looking forward to it. Uh, although Michael Bay and Platinum Dunes have butchered several of my favorite horror classics in their remakes. <laughs> um, just recently, uh, Paramount Pictures has gotten back the rights to Friday the 13th. Okay. Right? Like, they held the rights to the word, to the title Friday the 13th, um, Mm -hmm. but they sold to New Line, Jason Voorhees, the machete, and the story, the movies, right? So, everything after um, uh, Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Goes to Manhattan, was all New Line Cinema. And that's why we got Jason Goes to Hell with uh, the glove at the end. It was called Jason Goes to Hell, and then there was Jason X. They didn't have Friday the 13th in the title because Paramount owned okay. that title. Okay. So then they made wow. Freddy vs. Jason, which was a New Line movie, which was almost just like a Freddy movie featuring Jason. Okay. And then so when they mm-hmm. made the remake to Friday the 13th, the 2009 version, Paramount gave Platinum Dooms... Uh, it was a, a joint, big joint venture, so they could use the title Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, but after this, just just recently, and I read this today, but I think it was news from like July that um, Paramount Pictures now has all the rights to both Friday the Thirteenth in name and Friday the Thirteenth in movies, including uh, Jason. So I think they're going to work with Platinum Dunes. Interesting. Nice. Now, what that will produce, I don't know, because I, I didn't love the 2009 remake, but um, there's rumors going around that it could take place in snow, and the idea of huh. Jason uh, going around in the snow in a horror movie is just fascinating to me. That sounds awesome. Like, yeah. uh, one of my one of my favorite zombie movies is uh-huh. uh, Dead Snow, Dead snow. which uh, that's yep. just, it's a really cool, it's a really cool setting for, for a horror movie. Nice. Yeah. Also, The Thing. Thirty thing, days of right. night, totally. Thirty days of night, yeah. Thirty days of night, yep. Yeah. Um, what? Uh, let me in takes place in the winter. Yeah, true. I still haven't seen that. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Uh, so, uh, so you know, I don't know. I don't know if it'll be fantastic, but uh, but I'm I'm looking forward to the idea that it's it's happening. There's a there's a quote from uh, from Brad Fuller, who's a producer of Platinum Dunes. It says, "We are wrapping T- TMNT and Almanac mm-hmm. over the next month." I don't know what Almanac is, but TMNT, yeah, of course, is an Ninja Trolls movie. And then it says, then we start work <laughs> on Friday the 13th. So that gets okay. me excited. Cool. I'm That's very cool. That. What about, right. um, to finish up, is there anything mm-hmm. you guys saw recently that you'd like to mention? 
Oh, that's a good question. Um, oh, I just recently started, or just today before we started recording on a whim, I was working on a uh, thing I'm posting on, on the on the site uh, on Monday, which it will be posted by the time you guys listen to this. But um, I just, on Netflix, I just played the um, pilot for It's Always Sunny again. Mm-hmm. And man, that pilot, I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, the gang gets racist. And it's uh, it's awesome because I, I it kind of blows my mind that the show's getting into its ninth season. Yeah. Um, and just going back and watching that, they look so young and it's so so kind of amateur, not amateur, but it's kind of cute, grun- grungy kind of thing. I it guess, was simpler. It was simpler. Simpler. Yeah, yeah. It's not the production isn't that big, but yeah, uh, that's that's pretty much what I've been watching. Uh, cool. Tiny, how Tiny. about you? <clears throat> uh, yeah. Um, I, I could probably talk about this for an hour, but I watched the uh, <laughs> the Great Gatsby, um, oh, yeah. and oh, just yeah. hate 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 hated it so much. Thank um, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah I thought it was just horrendous. I that was bad. Uh, one uh, one of the greatest or like one of the biggest offenses that people have been talking about is the music, how it's got the the modern music, and ironically, that didn't really bother me too much. Um, I think it's because I just hated the rest of the movie so much that it it didn't. The, the music seemed fitting, I guess. Um, and plus, some of it, they, <laughs> some of the music, they actually, they kind of changed the melody of it. They kept in the lyrics and like the the beat, but they kind of changed it to like a jazzy kind of melody, so it sort of worked a little bit better. But it it, it wasn't, it just didn't bother me that much. Um, I will say, I am just just beyond biased against uh, Toby Maguire. I think he's he's just an absolute. <laughs> He he! I've never liked him ever. He's I, I can't stand him so much. I hate him. Uh, That's funny. We'll I would have to get into that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I I did. I just I really hated it so much. Okay. Cool. cool. Yeah. I saw Where the Millers last night. Oh, how was that? It was the... awesome. It was really, really hilarious. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. It was. Uh, <clears throat> it, it it ends very sweetly, as you might have expected from from sure. a comedy, but it it earns it. Uh, there's a lot of um, scenes from the trailer that you've seen that are mm-hmm. that are kind of not as funny because you've seen it a bunch of times. But there are scenes that are not, and they are funny. Um, nice. So it was good. I, it was really good. I just I just like Sudeikis more and more, and I'm so I, glad I love him. that he's uh, not yeah. on SNL so he can make movies. So right, right. Was good. He's gonna be he's gonna be great. He has a bright future. Absolutely. He's awesome. Absolutely. Uh, nice. Yeah. Okay. You, you All right. Well, I guess. Yeah, I guess that about wraps it, wraps it up. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. You can, as always, uh, you can you can find us on Twitter. I'm Matt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. Uh, Tiny is at Obsessive Tiny, uh, and Mike is at I am Mike White. Um, and as usual, uh, you can always check out the website ObsessiveViewer.com. Uh, Mike just recently posted a, a really awesome piece about uh, Dexter and uh, Dexter's final season uh, uh, like I have been very outspoken about my <laughs> disdain disdain for uh, for um, for Dexter like my dislike of it um, but and even though I don't like it he like when I was reading it I was like I read every word I'm like that's just that's awesome I mean it's, it's really cool to read it and I mean it's it's kind of a it's a negative opinion about the show, but I was like, I was like, uh, that sucks. I'm, I feel, I felt bad for. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. That's a heck of a compliment. Yeah, no problem. So, uh, so check that out, and then uh, you can all you know, definitely like us on Facebook at the Obsessive Viewer, um, and also you can send us an email at ovpodcast at gmail You can send us any 
anything you want. Um, <laughs> uh, if we're bored enough, we might throw it on the throw it on the podcast. If, uh, or if you have any topics you want us to cover, any movies you want us to see, any any anything at all, just send us an email and we'll get back to you and we'll post it on uh, the podcast. So, all right. So uh, until next time, uh, thanks for listening. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. <laughs>